A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello? Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hello, I'm Ross Twiddell from Cultaholic.com and welcome to The Horror Show Pitches at Extreme Rules. The Horror Show, The Horror Show. It's definitely going to be a horror show. I'm joined today by the wonderful Matthew of Botchamania fame and Tom Campbell from Cultaholic. How are you doing, lads? Are you ready for some scary things? Spooky and or scary, not necessarily in that order. (laughs) Matthew? I'm scared already. (laughs) <laughs> I only found out five minutes ago I was doing this so I'm mate, petrified don't peel back the curtain too far like that we're wonderfully organised here at Cultaholic all of the time aren't we did What's you find the curtain? Is it a scary monster? Bond and dogs on the wall to make it even scarier yes these are dogs that I sponsored and oh. uh, it's all people talk about now so really that's dogs adorable are the best, aren't they? Are they great? so <laughs> the pitch is a crap but the dogs. <laughs> if you can somehow somehow get the dogs involved in your pictures, I'll just say yes to whatever you have to say. Hang on, let me write that down. <laughs> so just in case you haven't been here before, this of course is not what we think will happen, lads. Join in with the catchphrase. It's what we want, want to, to happen. happen. Woof. Get in! <laughs> We're gonna go around in a circle. Tom, you look ripped and ready and raring to go. What is your first pitch, please? Well, it's based on a match that at time of recording, we're not 100% sure is going to be a thing, but we're pretty sure it's going to be a thing. It's referencing the bar fight between Jeff Hardy and Sheamus. It's not so much predicting the outcome. It's more predicting a thing. I'm predicting a swanton bomb off the bar. If there's going to be a bar fight, I'm expecting some kind of stupid shenanigans during that. And Jeff Hardy to attempt to throw himself off of something. Uh, if the I'm thinking, I was torn between whether it would be the jukebox, the pool table or the bar. And I'm pretty sure the bar would be the tallest thing there. And plus the banter of the fact that jumping off the bar, you mean Cesaro? Oh, because Seamus is in the match too. There's some, there's, there'll be some great tweets. If that is the thing that happens. But that's my first pitch is a swanton off of the bar in the bar fight. I'm all for it straight away. How do we feel about this bar fight in general? Has this rivalry gone a bit too far? How do you feel about it all? Um, personally, I, 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 if, this is the, if this is the payoff, if this is the Jeff Hardy redemption then I'm happy to see it gone. I think considering how daft Extreme Rules is going to be anyway, I, you know what? We've got a fight in a swamp. We've got a guy gouging another another eye, another guy's out. A guy, sorry, 404 error. We've got a guy gouging another guy's eye out. We may as well have a fight in a pub. And it seems a bit mean to be constantly pushing like the Jeff Hardy fighting against his demons. I feel like this is a, a trope they wheel out quite often. Um, it will still make some fun moments. It could be a fun cinematic extravaganza. I wonder if Matthew agrees. I'm in half agreement. I mean, I like the fact that it's off the bar to emphasise the barness and it's not supposed to be this horribly forced metaphor where he does one off a wagon. So they can all go, hey, Jeff Hardy, <laughs> off the wagon, and, you know, flash it up. But you are right, Tom. They Do we have a weird habit of emphasising the negatives of many of their stars, possibly because higher-ups just don't understand it? So, for example, we've had Jeff Hardy's uh, drug issues in the past emphasised the last few months. Matt Riddle and his bare feet, and that whole story came out and has made him look like an odd person. You get the feeling if they had Oscar Pistorius... They would emphasize the fact that he has a hard time going through airport security rather than any of his natural ability. So I'm all for it. 
I'm all for it even more, Tom, if it's the end of this feud. I think everyone in the world is in agreement with that. This feud does need to end, doesn't it? I'm just trying to think back to bar fights of old. What sort of tropes can we expect to see from this extravaganza, as Tom called it? Who was it that turned up? What random character turned up at the one they had on a pay-per-view back in sort of 2004-ish? You're, th- you're thinking possibly of the of APA's bar fights uh, invitational yes. 2003 Vengeance. It was they had a, they had the Easter Bunny turn up along with Doink the Clown and a and a whole number of jobbers with not a lot else to do. That was great times. And current creative oh, expert Brother Love. Of course, <laughs> of course they wheel out Brother Love. Guess who's going to be there on Sunday? <laughs> what, do you think uh, there will be a line, a line of people sat at the bar with the big newspapers, like you see in, you know, 1970s Coronation Street, and then Jeff's <laughs> like, "Where are you?" Turns over, thinks it's Seamus, and it's like, "I love." No, oh, you're not Seamus. <laughs> Go back to your paper. Uh, I'd like to think we get a bit where um, somebody gets pushed into a jukebox, and the jukebox starts playing a very appropriate song. Maybe somebody's theme music and somebody does a oh, run-in. That'd a, be fine. Irish whip the yeah. jukebox. Spend my days working hard <laughs> on the go. That's actually more likely to happen than a swanton off the yeah. bar. I'll be perfectly honest. So we have a two yeses for a Jeff Hardy swanton bomb off the bar. Matthew, what's your first pitch, please? My first pitch is that one of the most interesting matches in all of Extreme Rules, all five announced matches, which is the eye for an eye match. Uh... I believe the way it should work out to make everybody look good is this. Ray somehow manages to overcome the mighty, mighty Seth Rollins because Ray Mysterio is ageless, you know, and he's there, but he's got like a big spike or something or this pen that I have on my table. And he's like, come here. And Seth's like, nah, nah, nah. All these crazy close-ups like from Kevin Dunn who wishes he was doing anything but wrestling TV uh presentation like no nah, not really close up like no nah, no nah, i quit i quit ray ray i'm sorry i'm sorry and he's like oh yeah say you're sorry whatever um say sorry for what you did to dominic i'm sorry makes him beg and seth's crying he's just sniveling no not my eye i need that to see me and all this and ray's like ah, well you've cried you know i've nearly taken your eye out but not quite i've had my revenge back you know maybe Ooh, dominic so you don't on him. think he'll take so, the eye out no, no, it'll just get the moral victory because then Ray's like, if I did that, I'd be as bad as you. You know, he's like, oh, there we go. Yeah, he's not going to cross that line because he'd then be, become Seth, become evil Ray Mysterio. And then he's like, all right, everyone, match is called off. The people brand the barricade, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then Ray, it's like triumphantly leading out him and Dominic. And then as he's walking up the ramp, he trips over a cable and then lands on a spike and that takes his eye out. <laughs> <laughs> so Seth loses but keeps his eye. Ray's excuse to leave forever while he gets that contract sorted out and Dominic can <laughs> vow revenge on Seth and all cables. So the, the biggest question I'm thinking of straight away is how does the spike get there? What's the spike for? Well, I mean, it's uh, it's wrestling. There's all kinds of cookie sheets, ladders, tables underneath the ring, so it's only normal that there'd be a, just a giant Indiana Jones trap spy, spike <laughs> on the way outside to keep COVID out. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> And it says, warning, do not land on. <laughs> so is this up the ramp? I'm, I'm intrigued to know more about the spike, Matthew. It's an um, integral part of the pitch. You weren't supposed to, but I appreciate that. Uh, I mean, it could be <laughs> anything sharp and pointy. Uh, a, a sea of pet. No, I've already done that. Uh, Brother P. Brother P could be there like, ah, time to write that script. I'll just put this pen <laughs> on this little this desk that I have put next <laughs> My eyesight's so bad, I need to be directly next to the ring as I write my script for Raw. And it says Raw script on it. Yeah, Look at this railroad work. spike I bought for my wife. I'm just going to leave it here whilst I have a conversation with this person. It's actually Mordecai's staff. Mordecai's returning on Sunday at the horror show at Extreme Rules. And for some reason, yeah. he's left his staff upside. Because, of course, Rey Mysterio is taller than Mordecai's massive big white stick. <laughs> yeah, he's going to have to accidentally trip over a cable the size of the building the London Mordecai Land on Sinkara's trampoline, then he flies through the air yeah. and lands eye first on the Mordecai's Yeah, because Brother P's like, ah, oh, Mordecai, don't tell me, don't take a photo of this and put it on Facebook, wrestler, but Mordecai's making his return. <laughs> Allegedly. Yeah, so that'll happen. So everyone looks good. Well, 
maybe not WWE creative, but what else is new? And we have the I versus I match, and they deliver. Kind of. What say you, Ross? I'm all for it, Matthew. I think we need to find a fitting way to fight Ray, uh, right Rey Mysterio off of TV for a while, don't we, with this contract situation? And what better way than being impaled? Everyone loves a good impaling. When was the last big wrestling impaling that wasn't done by Gangrel or Christian? <laughs> Didn't Undertaker try and impale the Undertaker? Tried to embalm Steve Austin, but he had a big spike and he was trying to embalm him with it yeah. back in... 1998, before Capital Carnage. I seem to remember that was the last great impaling in professional yeah. wrestling. So God knows we've waited for our next instalment of <laughs> embalmings or impaling. So, yeah, it's a yes from me, Matthew. Tom, what are you saying on this uh, pitch? Uh, I keep thinking uh, Brother P is a, a lesser-known character from the Poddington piece, which is uh, a cartoon from Off Off the Past. Uh, I love the idea of Rey Mysterio attempting to take the high road and then losing his eye because the good guys always finish last. Uh, so, <laughs> yes, I want that to happen. I want Ray to take the high road. Uh, whether or not it'll happen with a, a, a railway spike that Bruce Pritchard was going to be gift to his wife, I don't know, or the Mordecai spear. But the idea that Ray takes the high road and goes, I'm not going to take your eye out, but then ends up losing his eye anyway. <laughs> wah, wah. Yeah, go on then. <laughs> yeah, naive baby faces in wrestling, eh? When's that ever happened before? Um, I'll go with my first pitch now. Mine's surrounding the Raw Women's Championship match and something that happened on Raw Talk this week where it was heavily teased, Tom, I don't know if you saw it, I know Matthew didn't, that uh, Kyrie Sane could challenge Asuka for the Raw Women's title over the summer. Did you see this little interview snippet? No, I didn't. Oh, not. Kyrie said it was a dream. Asuka was laughing. It was it. They were, he- they were heavily teasing it. So I'm going that to be fact. This is a match we're going to get. So. I would like to see Kairi Sane uh, win, uh, well, win the title, but keep the title basically for Asuka, interfere on Asuka's behalf, keeps the title for Asuka, then that gives a reason for Asuka to give Kairi a championship match, but then get forward to summer, so my pitch goes throughout the summer, because I like long-term storytelling me, we're going throughout the summer to SummerSlam, Asuka versus Kairi happens, they get a big half an hour blow-off, a proper NXT takeover, Matthew, sorry. An NXT takeover main event match. All the kick-outs, bells and whistles. A mental match between two great wrestlers. And because it's going to be the biggest party of the summer, of course, there's a random body of water going to be there. And finally, we can get the WrestleMania moment we were robbed of because, of course, inside that body of water will be a pirate ship and Kyrie can do something mental off of the pirate ship. But crucially, this whole pitch starts on Sunday. Kyrie interferes on behalf of Asuka. Asuka keeps the title because of that. And then we have some sort of fun in the sun in the summer. At the biggest party of the summer, the horror show at SummerSlam. I don't know what I'm saying anymore. Lads, what do you make of that? <laughs> you had me at Asuka versus Kairi Sane, Ross. <laughs> now that I've said it, I need to see it. It needs to happen in a WWE ring. Um, is Kairi Sane our favourite wrestling pirate? How many options do we have? We have Big Her- Paul... Bear and Paul Burchill. <laughs> Jean-Pierre Lafitte. Jean-Pierre Lafitte, what am I saying? Of course. Did you know? I missed this on the uh, podcast, whatever. doesn't matter, no one's watching. Um, Kevin Owens obviously referenced him and said, hey, Seth Rollins, you and I patch from my friend. And he went on, on Twitter and said, no, you can't, use, you can't say this. You can't say my name. Only Ring of Honor can use that. They own my likeness. <laughs> he just Ooh. he just went off. I think, he was, I think it was a bit PCO being PCO. I don't think it was... I don't think it was yeah. too legit. I think it was just PCO probably malfunctioning a touch. Yeah, but silly pirate. Is PCO good pirate. pals with Jacques Rougeau? Because I know Kevin Owens hates Jacques Rougeau, doesn't he? Wee, wee, wee. Well, I. Sat, well, okay, so three pirates to choose from. Tier list, quick tier list. I forgot Quickly, there was the guy Ross in AIW. I forget who it was now. Oh, crap. But he wasn't a pirate. But Mark Riddle refused to lose to. Quote like that pirate dude. And you went, what pirate dude? Oh, you mean me? <laughs> That's when AIW then booked him versus Paul Birch on the next show. I actually met a wrestler in the oh. north of England called Steve the Pirate. Yes, oh, shout out to the local legend, Steve the Pirate. Steve the Pirate. That's four wrestlers called. That's four pirate wrestlers. Look out five. Just put Steve the uh, Pirate from Dodgeball in. Why the hell not? Yeah. On or Jolly Roger from uh Chikara. 
Jolly Roger from Shikara. I'm not sure we can mention um, that company anymore. No Way Jose's new swashbuckling gimmick. Yo ho Jose. <laughs> That's. Oh. <laughs> Go away. <laughs> Thank you, everybody. Call to like news in the morning. I'll see you then. How long have you been sitting on that one? <laughs> Oh, uh, oh, do you know what? For about three and a half minutes, and it's been the <laughs> tensest three and a half minutes of my life. Well, um, I, course, I, uh, I love I'll the idea, to go back to the original point, I love the idea of a nice slow build to Kyrie versus Asuka. I think they could make some magic together. I don't know whether I want it to be Pally Pally all the way there. I feel like one of them needs to become the antagonist. And there is something about Kyrie, like while she's great at playing... The good guy, I do quite like this sort of edgy Akairi saying as well. That's quite a fun character. So the jury's out on who would be who, but I like it. I like the pitch. Thank you very much. Matthew? 100% love it. I love the pirate discussion that it created. I <laughs> uh, want to get shout-outs to Alistair Blackbeard. <laughs> <laughs> and that's it. If you watch a lot of One Piece, I am pro-piracy. There we go, comes out of our context. <laughs> and yeah, you're right. That's the only long-term planning they could do right now. There's not a lot they are doing. Now that Charlotte, what's her name's gone for a, a few months. Yes, this is going be a perfect stopgap. Lovely. Tom, back to you. Uh, similar to uh, what you were saying there, sir, this is a pitch based on the women's title match. But uh, in my pitched head, uh, we don't see Kyrie getting amongst it to the extent that you do. However... Um, we do see Asuka leave Extreme Rules as the women's champion, but it's as a result of accidental help gone wrong from Bailey. Uh, I, uh, now we are slow building this so beautifully, and I want to. And I and I gushed about this on Raw Graden. I want to gush about it again. It was on Raw where they had the video package for Bailey and Banks like bigging themselves up, and Sasha Banks who was doing the talking head bit and was like. I don't know anybody better than Bailey. And then for a split second, looks at the camera. Like just the tiniest split second, just to go like a little nudge wink to the camera. It's like, oh, I love it. The slow build. These two as tag team champions, I didn't like it at first. I'm all for it now. I think it makes perfect logical sense. They're having a great time doing it. They are having uh, quality matches on all three brands. I'm loving the slow build uh, for Bailey versus Banks. And I'd like to see something uh, that continues to add that little bit of uh, that little bit of jeopardy between them. It should be Bailey coming out to maybe stop Kyrie saying from getting involved, or just, and in doing so, accidentally leads to the downfall of Sasha Banks in that match. I'm not saying we split them up. Not yet, though. Nowhere near yet. They can reconcile and carry on, but I want to just keep planting those seeds so we grow a nice thicket <laughs> by the time we get to WrestleMania next year. <laughs> Uh, so that's that's my pitch. Bailey accidentally costs uh, the match uh, for Sasha Banks. All four at me. I love the shades of Batista and Triple H from back in the day. We're getting where we're getting to the point now where we're gagging for it because we're seeing so. And it's so not WWE. It's so not on the nose. It's so subtle in the things that they're doing. Like the thing you mentioned there with Sasha's uh, promo package. A few weeks ago, Bailey was having a match and Sasha was holding the SmackDown Women's title around her waist as if, as if it was hers. In the background of the shot though, so it wasn't referenced too overtly. I love all the little, it's the little things that like AJ Styles told us years ago, the wrestling's all about the little things. And this, this build to the crescendo of them breaking it up is all about the little things. So yeah, this one is a little bigger than the little things, but still I think we need to go up the, up the levels, don't we? With this uh, breakup. So this is the next step on that way. So I'm all for it, me. Matthew? Absolutely. Uh, this is one of these many feuds that WWE has right now where I'm like, no, 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 they should save it for when there's a crowd there because a crowd there, it's going to be great. And uh, yeah, no one knows when that's going to be right now. Right now, it could be 2033. So absolutely, they can slow build this and slow build this and it just drip, drip, drip every week in this big bucket of feud that would get... What? Um, see, this is when Tom says something really clever with an amazing metaphor like a thicket, and then I try and do it, and it's obviously on the same level. Uh, yes. I like bucket of feud, thank you. Bucket of feud drip um, that is gathering, and at some point, sometime soon, that bucket's going to be full, and we're going to have a drink. Yes, all for this feud. Uh, we're going to chug seen... that bucket of feud all the way down. Mm. What does a bucket of feud taste like, Matthew? 
Yeah, that's a good question. Did he freeze? Ginger that ale. Freeze. Did somebody freeze? Ginger you ale. <laughs> you threw me off because you said that, then your Discord camera was just frozen like that. So I'm like, do I respond? Do I say something? I'm thrown off. By this JPEG of Ross staring at me. <laughs> Ross now the editor's going to be really annoyed. The editor's going to be really annoyed that we're talking over this because this is a bit you cut out. But instead, we've just got <laughs> Ross having a really hard think. I'm going to wait for him to buffer. Am I back? Nah, you're still, yeah, you're, no. you're still very oh, still. No, no, no keep that pose. I'm thought of anything still. amusing for your answer. What would a bucket of few taste like? Hmm. Oh, yeah, well, we'll all do it. Just a minute. I think he's talking to you. Sorry, wait a minute. The editor's sending us death threats. We better stop that. I'm going to say this. The bucket of feud only tastes nice if the bucket is full. <laughs> Yay! My amazing metaphor brought him back. Yay! He only okay. comes back when the metaphor is finished. That's right. Full stop. Oh, Ross is back. That's it. I don't eat food. I eat metaphors for life. <laughs> um, he smoked that bucket. What are you going to say, yeah, Ross? Uh, well, I smoked that bucket. That is a, that is a visual in itself. Uh, what am I saying here? Yes. Yes. Is it your pitch now, Matthew? I forgot where we are. I completely froze. It is. Time. I could have blanked that. I've had one there just to do less work, but uh, <laughs> whatever. I think I might as well do one. <laughs> Be very honest. Right, I'll do a serious one there. Get some variety. One of the best things about Raw... No, it's not saying much, but I'm being a positive person this week. Has been MVP. Going around and trying to give some of the lads backstage some self-confidence. I think it's worked wonders for Lashley. I've enjoyed him going, yeah, you're right. Lana is crap. Yeah, what am I doing? Um, and then joined MVP instead. He got that title shot. And disappointed that it uh, didn't work out for him. But anyway, point is, MVP has used that success to go around and talk to some of the other people on Monday Night Raw. Going, hey, get the lads. And they're like, nah. MVP, somewhat inexplicably, as a match against Apollo Crews, Extreme Rules, for the title. Which is odd, because I think MVP's a bit past it to be having these sort of matches. But I think it's setting up perfectly someone to turn and join the big lads, as they call themselves. And I think that person right now that would be for the best, uh, for his career and everything else options, would be Cedric Alexander. Very good in the ring. No issues with his ring work. He's got all that work rate, flippy-dippy stuff that we all love. But there's just nothing else. He's got not, had no chance to shine outside of that character uh, in the ring or on the microphone. He's minus one as a character. He's just a guy who's there who shows up and goes, hello, flip, and that's it. And plenty of them on Raw. But if he shows up on Extreme Rules and shows his loyalty to MVP by helping him win the US title and joins there, now he's have a few to follow Apollo Crews as a result. Uh, if Ricochet decides to not go with him, then he can feud with him. And even better, Cedric gets MVP to talk for him. Because MVP has been class. He's been the Tom Campbell of Monday Night Raw these past few weeks. So, <laughs> What, fat and disliked? That's nice. I quite liked him. Fat dislikes on the channel too often. Yeah, I completely agree. <laughs> I I like this pitch. Um, The the one thing that it breaks for me is the the whole thing of whenever there's a heel turn, like you have to suddenly retcon why the person that is aligning with the person attacked the person the previous week because Cedric uh, attacked MVP on Raw this past week, which in my head would almost sort of nullify that being a thing because the whole idea would be if he's going to turn heel, you keep it, you know, you've got to keep them separated. But um, it's wrestling. So logic can and does go out the window quite often. You know, Bully Ray became the leader of Aces and Eights anniversary this Saturday. Uh, and so there's stranger things have happened in professional wrestling. So now what? I think, it would be, I think it would do him the world of good to join the Hurt Business. I think it's... Uh, he would look smashing in a suit, those three together wearing suits. I think that we're building a very nice team here and Cedric would be a handy addition to it. Uh, Ricochet fighting, Ricochet and Apollo Crews teaming up against them. You've got a nice little thing there over the summer. I like it. Hmm. And to deal with what you said, the very valid point of, wait, didn't he just attack him? I have one expression 
straight from 1998 from you. It was a setup. Oh. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> we've been watching. We've been watching enough SmackDown from 1999 and 2000, yeah. sir, that we should know better from this. Yeah. Cold Hearted Classic SmackDown review Tuesdays on the podcast feed. Cheap plug. Um, it- they should, <laughs> there's yeah. So there is there is uh, there is history with this sort of thing happening. So yeah. it's very likely. He just gets the mic and says Deuce X Machina and just kicks a block cruise. Retcon. What say you, Ross? Yeah, I'm all for it. There's there's no worse when you've got such a talented wrestler like Cedric Alexander, but he's got no character to get behind whatsoever. So when you watch him do all these amazing moves in the ring, you just feel nothing because you just don't care. You don't care about the character of Cedric Alexander because there is none. But I'm interested, Matthew. We've got MVP as the sleazy nightclub man. We've got Bobby Lashley as the big, hurty man. What is Cedric Alexander in the Hurt Business in your eyes as this heel character? What is he? Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. The guy who carries the bags. No. Uh, <laughs> so the future owner know. of the company then. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, exactly. Triple H being world champion. Oh, that'll be the day. No, uh, I haven't thought about what he'd offer the table. Offer the table. Bring to the table. I love mixing me metaphors. Um, you don't believe me? Check my bucket. Uh, I just <laughs> believe that there's a story there that would get people invested in it because right now there's too much emphasis on work rate and flippy dip stuff. This is something that'll make people go, ah. Oh, he chose MVP. He chose his career over his mates. And that's enough to make you go. And there's enough there for him to go, yeah, I might be low down on this because uh, MVP's got this title. Lashley's made huge in the main event. But I'd rather be there than be your mate. It's like, oh, oh, yeah, hate to see you. Mm, I like it. I hope that answers your question because I didn't have an answer for you. No, it was good. I'm happy with that answer. <laughs> so uh, I'm going to go back to uh, Seth versus Ray for my Wait, wait, do I get a thumbs up? Yeah, yeah, definitely All the I'm thumbs, yes. all the thumbs all the way up I'm good, all <laughs> good this week Right up up there Wait, uh, in the arse uh, I'm going back to Seth versus Ray And once again I'm going uh, <laughs> I'm going uh, past the pay-per-view with my pitch I would just like Seth Rollins to lose Seth Rollins' eye somehow rolls around the ring Um but it's the character after Extreme Rules for Seth Rollins with one eye that I want to focus on because we've all seen Anchor Man, haven't we? We all love Anchor Man. I just want to see Seth Rollins be basically blind Ron Burgundy. And obviously because Seth Rollins will have lost an eye, Seth Rollins cannot wrestle. Seth, I don't care what you say, Seth Rollins can't wrestle. I know we saw Rey Mysterio with his eye patch on and somehow... Even though he was partially blinded, he, could, he was medically clear to wrestle. We've seen that, but with Seth Rollins losing an eye from his head, he can't wrestle. So that sets up the possibility for Seth Rollins to leave Becky Lynch and her child to one side for the minute, move into a lighthouse on his own yes! for some time. And we, we have, have to have the lighthouse. We have, no, we have loads and loads of segments with Buddy Murphy and 
Austin Theory, if Austin Theory is still a thing in the wrestling, turning up to Seth Rollins' lighthouse and all the hilarity they get up to. We can have uh, Seth Rollins quoting Ron Burgundy saying classic lines like, I wake up screaming in terror because of the blackness and I think I'm dead. (laughs) Seth Rollins drinking half a bottle of ketchup because he thought it was a 1946 bottle of Chateau Neuf de Pep. (laughs) <laughs> we have all of the classic ones Seth Rollins can't hear them because he's blind just imagine the weeks and the months and the years of hilarity with Seth and Buddy and whoever else in the lighthouse having all kinds of fun but most importantly you're probably sat there thinking Ross how do we get out of this how do we get out of Seth Rollins being blind and I'll say to you simply he is the Monday night messiah he can heal the blind so he can heal himself whenever the time is right but there we have it, Seth Rollins to basically become Ron Burgundy as a blind, bitter, silly man. <laughs> I'm a fan. I'm a fan. The silence. Uh, just, I don't know how to take the silence. Give us a second. Ross, we're recovering. Just give us a second. I'm a fan. I'm a fan. I love the idea of Theory and Murphy... Uh, popping around to visit him and Rollins taking a bunch of nuts and bolts out of the oven. Here I am, mate. I'm something. Who's the brick in that situation? Who's the, who's the guy who picks up the nuts and the bolts and bites oh, it? Oh, Murphy, obviously. <laughs> Quite obviously. Uh, I love this. I, I like the idea uh, on, on a broader level of Rollins, just the madness of Seth Rollins that follows losing an eye. And just how, and just just this dishevelled, broken man living in a lighthouse. I am so on board with this. Wrestling is at its absolute best when it's nonsense. And and something like this, like Rollins just becoming a recluse. Um, the way to get around the eye thing is you do the Family Guy bit where you just see Seth Rollins leaving a stem cell facility <laughs> with both eyes back. He just goes, why are we not funding this? That's it. You've got it now. You're sorted. His eyes are back. But I like the idea of Rollins going mad and living in a lighthouse. What a day. What a day. What do you reckon, Matt? First of all, thank you for reminding me of the existence of Anchorman 2. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, that that film gets a rough time. I enjoyed Anchorman 2. It was good. There was no way of meeting the expectations of Anchorman 1 where everything came together. It was really funny and, in my opinion... None of the people in that film or the director or Will Farrell himself have been as funny as they were in Anchorman 1. But good job for trying. And yes, I did like the segment where it's like, oh, he's blind. And he's like, I ate an entire bottle of this accidentally. And like, wait, why would you eat an entire bottle? Wouldn't you? Because I'm blind. <laughs> so I like the idea of uh, Seth Rollins being as blind as a wrestling promoter when his uh, wrestlers are being accused of stuff. Um, that's a nice thing to see. Uh, and I... Yeah, it's just the segments we're going to get because he can interrupt. There's big matches could be happening on Raw, and he'd be like, "Ah, Oh Christ, he's back! How do you, how do you find his way in? I'm blind, <laughs> Seth Rollins, and that'll be it. He'll just keep on interrupting matches and promos, and just be like, oh, I can't see anything till they all chip in the wrestlers and buy him a new set of eyes to shut him up. And that's how we get around it. Lovely. I've got written down on my notes. This would be like this decade Sting taking the crow gimmick from movies. We're taking a gimmick from the movies, <laughs> even yes. though Anchorman 2 didn't come out this decade, so that makes no sense whatsoever. But thank you for giving me a yes. We're going back to Tom. Tom's the first one to go. It's all yeses so far. Yeah, um, what a happy time we're having, eh? Let's, uh, yeah, we're, too po- we're all too polite. Let's talk about the Swamp match. Let's talk about the match in the Swamp. Oh, God, I... Right. Um, my, my pitch for the, for the Swamp match is quite simply... Eric Rowan, Swamp Monster. He zoomed right? in and everything. Wait, wait a minute. <laughs> Eric Rowan, Swamp Monster. So what we do is we have the match and we have this Swamp Monster just appear in the, in the, in the silhouetted form behind uh, the, the match somewhere. You just kind of catch a glimpse of it. And as the match wears on, maybe it looms a bit closer. And then all of a sudden, this swamp, this one looks like a swamp monster bursts out and just starts choking Braun Strowman and drags him into the swamp, pulls him under, pulls him asunder the swamp. And then the swamp monster, and then you just assume that Wyatt's mate is a swamp monster. And uh, what it actually is, is as, as, as he stands up and all the green stuff comes off him, it's only flipping Eric Rowan, isn't it? 
Hey, Rowan, who's back in the good books of the company. And now he is Bray Wyatt's chum again. But he is reintroduced as the Swamp Monster in the Swamp match. So, Swamp Thing Eric Rowan. Big fan. What do you reckon, lads? Come on. Give us a yes. We need to take this one step further, I think. I think Swamp Monster Eric Rowan needs to have a friend. Oh, and Swamp, Mo Swamp Monster Eric Rowan's friend is the other Eric Rowan from SmackDown last summer. And we finally, <laughs> we finally find out what the hell that man was all about. He's Eric Rowan, Swamp Monster Pal. We learn who he is. I'm all for it, me, Tom. Love it. Amazing. I Swamp Brothers. It's yeah. amazing. We still don't know what that man was about. He just turned up one week and he was gone the next. So there we have him. He lives in the swamp with Eric Rowan. <laughs> <laughs> Math, you're on board, aren't you? You're on board. Of course I am, Tom. You know I'll be on board, whatever you say. But I like the idea of this <laughs> because they, as long as... I've got a prefix here. As long as like he helps them win and he attacks him and they're like, Eric, I knew you'd come save me and you'd help me. This is great. Ah, oh, good old times. And I was like, what are you on about? I've been here for months. This is where I live now after they release me. <laughs> what are all these cameras doing here? What are you doing in the... my swamp? <laughs> <laughs> And then it goes, oh, what do you mean? Told me. And the camera goes, oh, who lives in the swamp now? He has no job. Fake Eric Rowan. <laughs> <laughs> well, mate, guys, Extreme Rules is going to be the best show ever. It is. It's so far as a go by. It, it could be the best or it could be the worst. It depends how silly they take it, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Okay, right. That's my all my three. That's my three. Yeah. That's my three. I'm done. Wins. I'm spent. So it's, Come on. It's mine now. It's kind of serious, Carl. I've not. We still don't know what match stipulation Dolph Ziggler is going to pick Extreme Rules. And I think what a little sneaky idea I've had is get ready. And Drew's like, oh, I'm ready. I'm ready. What match are you going to do? Tables, ladders, Glasgow Street fight. What do you got for us? And he goes, nah. Triple threat match. And I did this on the podcast, but slightly different because I said Heath Slater because I forgot that they reconciled immediately afterwards because I'm an idiot. So instead of that, he goes, oh, someone else is going to join us. He goes, who? He goes, Bobby Lashley. He goes, why is that? Well, two reasons, Drew. One, he had a really good match last time we had a pay-per-view. And he goes, yeah, fair enough. Yeah, it was one good reason I watched that crap show last time. And also, Dolph Ziggler also wants to spite Lana. And so oh. they come out and go, yeah, I hate her as well. And they fist bump. And then they double team Drew McIntyre relentlessly until he can't get out anymore. And then Ziggler lets Lashley get the pin because he's just happy to be there. Okay. So Lashley's the WWE champion? Yeah. I, have a, I like it, but how about... I like the whole thing. It's a triple threat match. Glorious... Oh, God, no. No. God, no. <laughs> Why not? No. Oh, God. Bobby Roode. <laughs> we've, we've acknowledged that he's part of Raw, and he's still Dolph's buddy. So if you're going to do as a triple threat, this is how you reintroduce him. And then the, the Jeopardy is, oh, wow. So Bobby is helping Dolph win the belt. You still have Drew win, because <laughs> screw oh. you, Dolph. Screw you, Bob. But it's that jeopardy of like, oh, it's two on one. It's a glorified handicap match. You're right, Tom, because it's the horror show. That's right. Bobby yes. Roode wrestling for a world title. You're right. That's horrible. <laughs> you know it's what? Horrible, I think my, my God. I actually think my idea sucks. You're right. Completely awful. Completely takes away from that awesome Cedric one I just did. I'm instead going to go with, all right, you know what? Screw the triple threat. That's a silly idea. And Drew goes, I agree. And he goes, you know what? We know what the demographs want. He goes, what? Special match. He goes, oh, special. It's going to be blood and guts and all sorts. He goes, no, 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 no. Got some lumberjacks. He goes, lumberjacks? I'll eat them up and chew them, spit them out, whatever. He goes, no, nah, not like that. And we get cats. And a bunch of cats and cat-assorted items and toys surround the ring to deal with AW's puppy bowl. 
And Drew McIntyre. <laughs> Drew McIntyre is so enamored with the sight of all these kitty cats. There's the little little cute ones who are playing with balls, the ones who don't even know where they are. Stacey Carter. really fat cats that need to be led away on a skateboard with, and eating pizza and stuff, those, those ones. And he's like, oh, this is great. As he's doing that, Dolph Ziggler, schoolboy, one, two, three, new champ. There's two major issues with that one. First of all, I can't think of why is it not dogs? And second of all, you've got Dolph Ziggler as your WWE champion, Matthew. I'm not having that. I'm not. Having that. <laughs> it's a horse show. Uh, well, <laughs> the cats are because dogs are an AEW. These are cats. They're different. Brody dogs Lee is a dog, but Robert Stone is a cat. I think I got that right. That makes sense. That makes perfect sense. It's the binary. Yeah, th- th- thank you, Tom. Thank you, the voice we of make, reason. We make movies. We make movies. Cats thank you, wrestling expert, Tom. We make cat movies. It's cats. <laughs> no, no, not like that. No. <laughs> God. Yeah, a bunch of people come out dressed as cats, and they do like what? <laughs> Drew McIntyre starts singing the song from Cats the Moon. What's the song? What's the big famous song from Cats the Moon? Because my Macavity. Macavity. That's the only song I know from Cat. Is it Macavity? No, I know what you're thinking of. I know you're thinking of. It's all the audience going, where's my refund? (laughs) (laughs) I'm trying to think of songs from Cats because my friend sang in Cats. I can't think of any of the songs now. You'll be glad to know. Otherwise, I would... uh, I love you. My name is Drew. Cause a jellical cat, there we go. Oh, Hamilton, Hamilton. There you go. That's all the musicals ever. Um, so are we? Are we? Have you? Go, are you going to go for triple threat theater? My God, it's a handicap match. Or cats everywhere. My God, there's cats everywhere. Whichever will get me a point from you. I kind of don't want to give either of them a point. Oh, <laughs> don't, don't care then. I'll pick the cats I just love, to... I love you, mate. Wait a minute, but... you've got a cat. Yeah, I know, but I don't want to see another 30 on my telly. One's fine. Oh, what if Pablo was there then? Oh, if Pablo's there, it's money. Yeah, full marks from me. Send Pablo there, get him yes. a paycheck. You're you be... pimping out Pablo for a paycheck, are you? That, that, <laughs> that bugger has been living rent-free for <laughs> months. He should go and earn some money. I hope you're listening. <laughs> he's outside the door scratching he, he's packing his bags as we speak good so that was a confirmed point as long as Pablo's involved Ross. yeah if Pablo's in you get a full point from me Matthew I would have given you the point for the triple threat Jeopardy scenario but for the cats and Dolzik <laughs> walking, walking out as champion I can't I can't in good faith give you a point for that so it's a no from me <laughs> I understand and respect your decision <laughs> Thank you very much. I, respect, uh, I respectfully disagree with you. <laughs> my my co- final my friend. Sorry, my final pitch is surrounding the uh, United States Championship. I want MVP to win because he's got the nicer belt. And for me, if Apollo Cruz is going to be like, no, you're a dick MVP for bringing this new title in, I'll keep my own. It's going to look a bit silly because MVPs is a lot nicer in my opinion. Anyway, that's besides the point. MVP has won. He's gloating. He's going around the building. I'm the United States champion. I'm the undisputed champion. I'm the king of the world. And then we see all sorts of glitches happening on the screen. All these glitches are happening. Ali emerges on the rampway, dressed in a hoodie quite similar to mine. Um, Because he is the hacker. Remember that thing? Remember all that malarkey for weeks on SmackDown? The hacker was being teased. Lots of people thought it was Ali because of the, the ring and the ring that appears on Ali's hand. Um, Ali basically just says, MVP, I've got dirt on you, pal. Give us your title belt now. MVP's like, bloody hell, I don't want to get rumbled here. Here's your title belt, Ali. Ali walks out of the horror show, or the horse show as Matthew likes to call it, the horse show as United States champion and has the hacker gimmick and that goes on for months and months and months. He's a threatened to expose all these people for doing some, I don't know, nicking a packet of crisps out of the venom machine when they (laughs) they only paid for one, stuff like that. So yeah, Ali comes back with the hacker gimmick. That was so intriguing for so long and he just scrapped it for no reason whatsoever, which is a shame. 
So yeah, they brought that back. Ali's the United States champion. Ali's got something to do so you can cut those wonderful promos. There's me pitch there. Okay. Matthew? The hacker gimmick coming back is something I'm interested in, but I don't get why for this. There's no, like, MVP hasn't done much to deserve a hacker coming out and going, no, wait, now is my time to shine. Now you have a, a bunch of lads with you. He's been a manipulative bastard on Monday Night Raw for a few weeks now. Uh, he's got Bobby. He's got Bobby as his well, putting his services on the line. You know, with MVP being his manager, maybe Ali really likes Bobby Lashley. He's like, no, no, Bobby, you need to get away from him. He's bad news, him. <laughs> I've got no, I didn't think that bit through, Matthew. I just want to see the hacker brought back, and I want to see Ali do something. Apparently, Ali's on Monday Night Raw superstar as we speak now. Apparently, he was shifted over. On the sly, is that right, Tom? You're the yes, he is. Yeah, he's uh, we haven't he hasn't appeared yet, but uh, apparently he's on Monday Night Raw at some point. Uh, yeah, and we'll see what. And uh, hopefully, it does lead to something. I like the idea of the hacker story being wrapped up properly or continued on Raw. I like how it goes in your description. There, it kind of goes from a kind of justice warrior with with elite hacker skills it turns into basically what sounds like a blackmail artist correct <laughs> he's just got like oh you, you hey i saw what you did i got a look at that photo all right 20 quid like, it <laughs> like and where does this nightmare end you know very soon ali is going to be going up to everybody's laptops and installing little little cameras that turn themselves on to catch them having a little you know it a little, ends, a little uh, it money ends, in the bank when no one's it, watching. It ends when he takes control of WWE from Vince McMahon. Oh. <laughs> oh. And oh, do you know I what? That. For that, the idea of a, uh, an, a Mustafa Ali statue being built in the foyer <laughs> of Titan, uh, Titan Towers. <laughs> Down for that, actually. <laughs> yeah. I like it. What do you reckon, like Matt? Yeah. Like a lot of WWE stuff, I don't think the setup is that good. But we're in a lockdown, so I'll wear. I mean, we can hardly criticise that, using the power of Discord to get together for this. So, yeah. All right, so that may be a bit suspect. But the landing could be good if suddenly he becomes the reason for everything happening. Why is this guy in Raw and SmackDown? Why is this guy... Where's Austin Theory? Aha! Hacker man! (laughs) (laughs) Wait... Vince McMahon booked this. Are you sure? Let me check. Oh, yeah. Send an email. First one ever. Good. Yeah. Yes, I did this. Signed Vince McMahon. Oh, all right. Yeah. Guess, guess don't, my, don't tap guess on the email address, though, because it will say, like, Vince.McMahon at ZX4TPYXQ.NAT. Yeah. Yeah, it's still got like a HTML signature at the bottom. <laughs> I have definitely Vince McMahon. Please click here to authorize. <laughs> it's it's still real to me, damn it, Vince McMahon 2020. Oh, it has got to be him. Yeah, with the complete absence of not much going on on Raw, yes, I am pro, pro hacking. Do you want to say that? I'm pro Ali. Yeah, there we go. Pro Ali, yeah. <laughs> and he's honest, a former copper, so he might have all those surveillance footage uh, technology ah. stuff. Ah, it's like, have you seen that Unsolved Mysteries thing on Netflix? It's like the second, the second, um, have you seen it, Tom? Yeah, we watched the first episode last night and uh, it was um, the it was the abductions and stuff and it and, and turned out that it was kind of sort of solved at the end. So that's a, yeah. that's a lie. But the second episode, Tom, I'm not going to say too much to spoil it for you, but there's sort of like a, a male Carol Baskin involved and he has a degree in criminology, I think it is, which sort of, would allow him to sort of do the things he did and sort of maybe get away with something if he was indeed guilty, which we don't know because it was unsolved. Well, that you is me I mean? and Alex's hot, steamy night tonight, then. So, yeah. We're going to be <laughs> having, a, having a cup of tea and watching Unsolved Mysteries. Oh, oh, oh I'm rubbing oh, my thighs. Oh, <laughs> 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 um, but yeah, Ali being a copper in a previous life would help add more layers to this story like an onion. So maybe he doesn't go after MVP. The more the crux of this pitch is Ali rocking up as the hacker and somehow getting some way on the show at the horror show at Extreme Rules here. I just admit, it's just such a shame how they just scrapped that with no rhyme or reason, isn't it? Really, really yeah. a shame. It's like they just can't seem to finish GTV, can they? <laughs> <laughs> but at the same time, 
this is the third change in backstage development. Uh, we start off with Bischoff. He went. We've had Heyman. He went. Our brother loves around. So a lot of these storylines, they've, they've had a lot of uh, storied histories. And I also like the fact, bring it back to dogs, <laughs> Ali could have a police dog. <laughs> a sidekick. And one of those action man police dogs that has With like... a little thing on the eye. Yes, yes. <laughs> like he'd be running from him, like, where's he gone? And like, points to the laser eye. He goes, ah, I see him in the darkness. Believe it or not, there is a police dog on the indie scene. Is there? What? Officer Magnum, who is the dog owned by Solo Darling, formerly of Chikara. She has a dog she brings to the shows called Officer Magnum. If you are looking for a police dog for Ali, I'm sorry, Solo Darling, I know you're a grafter, but we are offering a contract to Officer Magnum today. <laughs> we are offering your dog a contract instead. Uh, have Google can confirm. <laughs> yeah, Officer Magnum. What type of thing. dog is Officer Magnum? A police dog. <laughs> He's a good boy. They're all good boys. <laughs> so there, we got a half yes there for that one. I'm giving it a full yeah. yes. Oh, a full yes. Thank you very full much. Full fat Matthew. yes over here. Yeah. I mean, part of me wants to spite you, but I'm, I'm going to rise above. Wow. Because a police dog one... a police dog wouldn't be like that. No. A one no. Pitches video, I think. Do we have one no just for the Dolph Ziggler being world champion pitch? Scandalous, I think, yeah. Matthew. <laughs> we I were too polite today. Really. We were all too polite today. We thought we'd just... Uh... It's you know what well, there's enough sadness in lockdown. What we need to do is you know start making some feel start telling some feel good stories to quote Triple H. So let's let everybody <laughs> get yeses and let's all enjoy Extreme Rules the Horror Show. In particular, Eric Rowan Swamp Monster. There's <laughs> the camera zoom once again. <laughs> there we have it. There's our pictures. Let me know. Well, let us know what you think in the comments down below. We can't wait to hear how much you hate them all. Let us <laughs> yes. see your pictures. For the horror show at Extreme Rules on Sunday. Would love to hear them. They're probably better than ours. We're crap at our jobs. I've been Ross Twiddell from cultaholic.com. Joined by Matthew. Any closing thoughts, Matthew? Uh, please leave us your thoughts in the comments. We won't read them. <laughs> Any closing thoughts? I have to actually pick up Stop. my webcam to do that, by the way. <laughs> I'm on my Eric laptop Rowan, here. Swamp Monster. <laughs> Stay safe, love you, bye. Bye. Is that the end of the video? We'll just no. end it there, why the hell not? Video Richard, end it. <laughs> Never end it, Richard. Keep it going. <laughs> it's fun, this, actually. You should do this every week. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. For all the wrestling headlines in just 10 minutes, search Cultaholic Wrestling News on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. Cultaholic.